Imagine a future where your business is fully systemized and thriving. Your people are passionately engaged in their work as if they owned the company, and you have a healthy and balanced personal life. Welcome to the Founders Fire Podcast, your ultimate destination for riveting discussions, captivating tales, and groundbreaking insights from entrepreneurs who have reclaimed their freedom. Get ready to be inspired, informed, and entertained. Here's your host, Eric Beck. Welcome to the Founders Fire Podcast. I'm Eric Beck. Okay, today we're going to get into something that is a favorite topic of mine. I hope it's super helpful for you. Again, remember, Founders Fire Podcast is about what? Listening and hearing cool ideas? Heck no. It is about working out. We're not here to try. We're here to train and get it on and get sweaty, so get ready. Um, today we're going to sweat about how you use time. This is one of the most important ideas that we teach in the Founders for Our Coaching Program, and it has changed a lot of lives. It's changed my life. Um, time debt. Wow. We're going to help you eliminate it. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like I am in time debt? I have too much to do and not enough time to do it. Um, I felt that way. Uh, but what I found was that it was a lie, <laughs> right? It, it can feel like this huge burden on your shoulders, right? You can feel it, like that to-do list is just like killing you, right? And, and then you're like, oh, I just have way too much to do and not enough time to do it. But ultimately, if you really look at it, what you'll find is that's a lot. And you know how I figured that out? Because of Albert Einstein. He had the same number of hours in a day that I do. Because of Miles Davis or Stravinsky or Sartre or or any person, Martin Luther King Jr. or Jesus or Buddha or name it. Name a person who has influenced the world. Guess what? They had the same 24 hours. Okay. So this idea that there is too much to do and not enough time to do it is an idea you have to lay the axe to. You have to axe down that tree and you have to pull out the root. You can never say that to yourself again. I told you we're going to get sweaty. See, right? We're just going to get right into it. You have to stop believing that lie. That is a lie. It's a lie that will destroy you, literally. It will wear you out. It'll give you adrenal fatigue. It's going to take you into every version of yourself that you don't want to be. Because if you have that mentality, what it really comes from is what I call the slaving mindset. Okay, you can describe this a lot of ways. Uh, there is a book by that title, The Willing Wage Slaves. You know about the rat race and we're running around on the hamster wheel. Uh, you can even look at it like the hedonic treadmill. You're always looking for the next thing to make you feel good. But you're, the, the common theme here is that you're chasing ideas. You're chasing something. You're always going after something. And the reality is, is that desperation that rat running through the maze energy is slavish thinking. Now, what do I mean by slavery or, or wage slavery or this, this kind of idea of slavish thinking? Well, it's basically this. When someone is a slave, as we all know, uh, they're taken against their will and forced to do something for somebody else's betterment. It's not good for them, but it's good for someone else, maybe in the short term. And ultimately, it is an abuse at the most core fundamental level. You're overriding that person's chance to choose their future. You're stealing their future from them, and you're subjugating them in the present. Uh, this is, 
I don't know, one of the worst possible things humans do to each other. But do you know what? Our modern culture has somehow tricked us into doing it to ourselves, probably not physically. And again, I don't want to make a direct comparison because there is no direct comparison to that horrific scourge on the history of humanity. However, it is also terrible, this idea of slaving in the modern world, um, having always the thing I've got to do. I'm always driven by the fear of missing out. I'm always pushing. So if that's you, look, I get how you feel. I get how you feel. And I think all of us, even if that's not you on this particular day, have felt that way. But again, what I found was that if we change the way we think about time, we start to have a very different relationship to it, one that is life-giving. So part of this lie comes from uh, the idea that time and money are equal. You've heard people say that, right? Time is money. Hey, you're wasting my time. You know, time is money. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hmm. I want to think about that. Um, a lot of the teaching that I do and the founders for our coaching program and that our coaches teach our clients comes from things we can observe. So let's just take nature, for example. When is nature in a hurry? Never. <laughs> Only never. When is it? Is it hurrying? It's not. It's not if you look at a tree growing or you look at any any process like that, like the seasons. It happens as it happens. It happens with a rhythm. It happens with a pacing. The moon, the sun, the stars, the seasons, they're all rhythmic and they're never rushing. They're also not lagging behind. There's a consistency to it. I love that Bruce Lee quote, consistency beats intensity. You guys remember that from back in the day? I might be dating myself here a little bit, but the, the tortoise and the hare right? And they're going to do this race and the tortoise starts off super slow and the hare goes super fast. He gets so far ahead that he stops and he, and he falls asleep and the tortoise just slowly catches up to him and passes him and wins the race. And, and the speed of that rabbit is really nullified because frankly, speed kills. What I call it is fractured attention. Okay. So now how could you get billions of people to be a part of a slavish type of thinking that produces an emotional and a mental, and in some cases, a physical kind of slavery where we're ruining our bodies by the way we work and the stress that we carry and the ways that we try to self-medicate and deal with that stress. It's a vicious cycle. And again, we don't have to get too conspiratorial here, but if you look at that, wow, there's a lot of things that reward those behaviors. And it's really short-term thinking, and we have to get rid of it. There's nothing sacred about that approach. That whole idea of, you know, we're just going to buy something for a dollar and sell it for two, and at any cost, whatever I can do to get the person to buy the thing, you know, planned obsolescence. We're selling people something that we know is going to break in a matter of months so that they what? They have to buy more. All of that, and I could go into more details. I know you have examples too. All of that is slavish thinking. It is short-term, win-lose, ultimately lose-lose thinking. And we have to get out of that. Now, you guys listening to this podcast are probably entrepreneurs. You might be small business owners. You're a leader in some capacity. I'll tell you what, what you are probably, almost certainly, is you are a contrarian. You don't buy the party line from any party. You think for yourself. 
You're not interested in being told what to think. You're interested in growing your skill and how to think. And because you've found your way to this podcast, that's part of what we're here to do is to go, now, how do we want to think about this? How do we want to think about our use of time and getting out of time debt? This larger problem, this slavish thinking, really comes from a couple of different root issues, one of which we'll talk about today. Others we'll talk about in different podcasts. But the one I talk, want to talk about today is fractured attention. Fractured attention. Now, if you roll back to the 1980s, we didn't really have email or anything like that. It seemed like it was maybe around 1991 or two or three or somewhere in there where kind of email started to be a thing, maybe 94, 95, and it started to become useful. Okay, but what did it do? Well, we thought, you know, taking a, a physical envelope, you know, and putting a handwritten letter in it or a typed letter in it and sending to someone, you know, it just took forever. It took a long time to write out the note. Then you had to go put in an envelope. You had to get a stamp. You had to go to the post office or the mailbox or wherever. It was a pretty big hassle. And then all of a sudden we had email. Oh, this is great. It's going to, you finish this sentence, save us time. It's going to save us time. Did it save us time? No. No, it didn't. We just crammed more stuff into that time. Um, again, root of the lie. Fractured attention. If I can get people going from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing with the fear of missing out, well, isn't that good for sales? No. Just like, isn't email great for saving time? No. It wasn't great at the beginning, guys. I'm not talking about spam. I'm not talking about today. I'm talking about at the beginning. It already wasn't great. Why not? Because every system had a set of values baked into it. And if we do not self-consciously look at the values in every system we're using, the system is using us. That's one to think about. That is one to think about. Every system. Every system reflects the values of its creator or creators. Like a stoplight. Like, man, a stoplight doesn't have any values. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, listen to this. Think about it. What does a stoplight value? How about efficiency? If the timer is right, <laughs> right? The sensors are working. How about fairness? It doesn't switch to green just because you pull up. I know maybe you said a prayer and you think that the whole universe changed so you get a green light. Sorry to interrupt that, but probably not. Okay. It's fair. It's efficient. How about safety? That's a value built into stoplights. A whole idea. We can't come to an intersection and just be trying to figure out who can go first or, you know, you imagine a big truck, you know, and some, some person on a scooter, right? Like think about that. Safety, efficiency, predictability, consistency. Oh yeah. Okay. If you keep thinking about this, you'll see there's actually 20 or more core values baked into the idea of a stoplight. Now, if there's that much behind a stoplight, what about all the rest of the world? What about your computers, your software, your phone, your car, your clothing, your washing machine, your kitchen, every single thing that you have that someone else built has some of their values in it. And I'm telling you what, when you start to see the world this way, it's like Neo in the matrix. You start to see the code. Now, the lie about time debt, the slaving mentality, the fractured attention, all of this is discovered by thinking in the ways that we're talking about. Okay, it's called presuppositional thinking. Before the supposition, before the suppose, 
before the main idea, there's something before that, the preconditions that lead to the supposition. That's what I mean by being an archaeologist of truth, by digging around in there and getting it. Don't just take it on face value. Now, look, do I think that everybody out there is out there to get you and everybody's bad? No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. So let's don't go too far. What I am saying is that a lot of us live life with an unexamined set of systems we're operating in and they wind up owning us. Now, let me tell you something funny. Back in the day, I was into music and I toured as a professional musician. Uh, it was about, well, music altogether was probably 13 or 14 years of my life, but touring was about six years. Um, and I was into music, every kind of music, jazz, pop, classical, you name it. Um, and so at the time, Prince was very famous and, and a big name before he changed his name to the symbol and all that. But um, I remembered hearing him uh, do an interview and somebody asked him, what do you think about the Internet? And if you if you go on YouTube, you'll find some crazy stuff about Prince, of course. So I'm not advocating everything, <laughs> but he was an unbelievable musician. But I certainly I will advocate that. Holy moly. What, what a guy. I knew his bass player. Uh, for a time uh, and uh, had some great conversations with him about that. Um, all I had to say, um, he gets interviewed about the internet and he says, man, you know, the internet's cool, but you got to be careful because if you use it, it might start using you. Now that's a terrible Prince impersonation. So my apologies to all the purple fans out there. Anyway, though, he did say it. You can find it on YouTube. Man, was he right. Man, was he right. It's cool, but what if it starts using you, right? This idea that systems can make us their slaves is real. And it shows up with how we use time, among other things. So let me just put it this way. If we're looking at time and we're looking at time debt and all that kind of stuff, let me just help us get out of time debt. First of all, the main idea here is that you want to pre-spend your time. If you think that you have more to do than time to do it, you now have been hopefully disabused of that erroneous idea. That is not the case. You have time to do exactly what you need to do, but you do not have time if you're going to have fractured attention and every next thing is distracting you. What about this? What about this? What about that? So the first thing to get out of time debt is setting boundaries. You need to limit your inputs. Okay. One of the best ideas I've heard about this is called a digital sunset. Love this idea. I think it's Cal Newport. If you want to look up Cal, he's an author and I think a professor at Caltech. I'm not 100% on that, but um, uh, he wrote a book called Deep Work, which I absolutely love and recommend. Um, wow. Digital sunset. What does that mean, digital sunset? It means that, hey, there's got to be a time where you turn off that thing that nobody can get to you if they're not standing in front of you. Right. We have to begin limiting our inputs. I don't check email throughout the day. I don't. My email little signature says, hey, to serve you better and to be more efficient, I have to focus. So at 11 o'clock and 2 o'clock every day, I check and respond to email. If it's urgent, you can call or you can text me. But if it's not and you send it as an email, I'll get to it at 11 or I'll get to it at 2. And if I don't, I'll get to it the next day at 11. That's a boundary. You're like, I can't set that boundary. My whole business would fall apart. Or my customers or my this person, you know what? I just want to say, welcome to the dojo, man. Get in here and sweat. Throw that punch at me. Let me block it for you. You see, if you think you can't set boundaries, you're not a leader. You're letting everyone else lead you and you're running your life with fear. 
You need to be able to say to someone, look, in order to be my absolute best, I cannot do blank at blank time or in this amount of time. Let me tell you what to expect. Yeah, but my customers already expect, great, apologize. I'm sorry I led you to believe that me and our company can respond to you 24-7 and give you every little thing you want just the way you want it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I said that. I'm sorry, but we can't. And you know what? They already know you can't. (laughs) They know you can't. You're not surprising anybody. They know you can't deliver on that. So let's cut it out. Okay, we're trying to get here to what I like to think of as a sacred economy, an economy based on honor and integrity and win-win-win arrangements. Not this rat race, win-lose, kill the environment, destroy everything for the name of profit. It's falling apart, people. It's falling apart right in front of your eyes. It is absolutely falling apart, and it doesn't have to end badly. What do we need to do? Well, in part, we need to get out of time debt. We've got to change the way we think about things because that's what's going to help us. We need to examine the systems we use and not let them use us. You know, the sun gives us a ton of warmth every day, right? The sun is awesome. Um, but if you go outside and put a piece of paper out there, you build a little, you know, bonfire, like, you know, you set it up, but you don't light it and you just set it in the sunlight. You just think, wow, will the sun like set this on fire? It won't. It won't. I know what the hottest place in the, the earth is, but it's maybe like 140 or 150 degrees, right? Not nowhere close enough to burn. So what are we talking about? What we're talking about is there's a lot of energy, but it's not very focused. And that's a good thing because we don't want the earth to burn up. But if you wanted to take that energy and go from warmth to fire, you need a magnifying glass. You need something in this case to simply focus the effort. A lot of you are in time debt because you think you need more effort. We need a bigger sun. That's it. <laughs> Let's get working on that. Uh, not likely to happen. Not likely. What can you do? Focus it. You could focus it with a snowball. You absolutely can. You can focus it with ice. You can focus it with a piece of glass, right? If you focus that energy, something amazing will happen. Hey, would you rather have somebody step on your foot with their bare foot? Or would you rather have somebody step on your foot with a high heel, right? It's obvious. It's obvious. What we're looking at here is the ability to focus. And being in time debt means we're scattering our focus. You don't need more time. You need more focus. All right, last idea here before I let you guys go. When we pre-spend our time, which means we're really getting focused. What we're saying is, I'm going to take that giant to-do list and I'm going to make appointments out of it. All of it. I've been teaching this for years and the full version of this is what we teach in our coaching program. But I want to give you enough that you can put this in practice right away. Okay. Take your to-do list and take your calendar and take everything out of your to-do list and put it in your calendar as an appointment. You're going to hate me until you love me. Because at first, it's going to make you sick to your stomach. You're like, oh my gosh, look at all this stuff I have to do. Yeah, that's why you can't sleep at night. Because you're not pre-spending your time. And subtly, your nervous system is in fight or flight. Maybe not so subtly. Because it knows something bad is happening. This is not the way we're supposed to be living. right? So you get into that um, hypervigilant state. Take your to-do list. Make an appointment out of every single to-do. Put it in your calendar. Okay, great, Eric. Now what do I do? Follow your plan. You just pre-spent a lot of your time. Man, you took all my free time. Man, you don't have free time. <laughs> you don't have it. You think you have it. It is an illusion. 
You are in an illusion, the illusion that you're choosing, but you're not. You're reacting and getting played by somebody else's system. And that's what Founders Fire is all about. I want to kindle that fire in you <laughs> and get you out. Let's lead the slave revolt. Let's get out. Okay, wake up, unplug, get out, start examining. Now, again, some people are really great at talking about how bad things are. And they make their living going on and on and on about how they're getting screwed in every possible way. You know what? Enough of that. We don't need that. Okay, that's just poisonous. That's as poisonous as being trapped and not even knowing you're trapped. Ultimately, what we need to do is we need to take action. Here's an action you can take. Take your to-do list. Put it in your calendar. The next time any new to-do comes up, what are you going to do with it? Put it on your to-do list? No. It's going to go right into your calendar. Man, I won't be able to do it right away. That's right. Because now you're going to be able to be in the moment. Be here now. You're going to be present. And when you bring all of your attention to this moment, is it going to be warm like the sun on a nice sunny day? Or is it going to start a fire and get something done? I think it's a second. Hey, guys, thanks for joining me for this podcast. Looking forward to talking with you guys next time. See ya. And that brings us to the end of another fantastic episode of Founders Fire. Remember, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to smash that subscribe button so you never miss our future episodes. And if you have a moment to spare, we'd love if you could leave us a rating and a review as it helps us reach more listeners just, just like, like you. you. Be sure to follow us on social media for updates, behind the scenes content, and to join the conversation with our vibrant community. Until, Until then, then, stay curious, stay inspired, and, and stay, stay tuned. tuned.